Hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. This is our annual trip to InfoSec where we get to talk to the best, most influential people in the cybersecurity industry. Sit back and enjoy the next few weeks of our brilliant coverage from this fantastic event. Okay, so, uh, so we're back and uh, we are lucky enough to have a, a returning friend of the show, uh, Matthias from Splunk. Yeah, hi and welcome and thanks for the invite. I again, to be here. again, ah, you were yeah. here last year. Um, it doesn't we met seem up a year. No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem a year at all, does it? No. And uh, we met up in Delium Seaworld as well, I think. And I think I saw you also at .conf out in uh, at Washington. So we followed each other around the world a little bit over the last uh, 12 months. Yes, and I even remembered the topic last year at InfoSec. There was WannaCry, ransomware, all yes. of that was uh, absolutely right. So, <laughs> so I think that's a really, really good lead-in to say, in the last 12 months, what's changed? That's a good question, right? So um, on in the cyber world, to be honest, not so much has changed from, from our view. Yeah. Um, it's all about security hygiene, getting the right things, getting patching right, getting getting security incident response process right and so on. Yep. But from the malware and attack vectors, basically, right? We have seen some, some other uh, malware than some other ransomware, but it was always similar tactics. So there hasn't changed a lot. What has changed mm -hmm. are the drivers why to mature your security program in organizations. Yep. So there we have seen a huge uptick with compliance mandates like GDPR driving those things. We will see another wave now coming. Um, NIST compliance for uh, critical services, national services coming on. Yep. And we see more and more of that regulations where politics, industries try to up-level. Yeah. So I was going to ask a question there. I mean, obviously, yeah, the last time we had you on, we were talking about so wanna cry and a, a, a lot of yeah there was a lot of hype in the news yeah it was making national press not just industry news do you think over the last 12 months because of that because of it being more in in the, the widespread media is that one of the reasons why looking at an enterprise's cybersecurity uh, and looking at and identifying and recognizing risk. Is, is that one of the reasons why you think you've seen a, a, an uptake? Is do you think people are, are becoming more generally aware? So with the ransomware activities, they have been super huge visible. Yeah. So the risk was there. Huge organizations got impacted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Displays that are out there on, on train stations didn't work any, any further. So it was visible. The risk yeah, it was, was really yeah. super yeah. visible and present, so it made it up the board level. And yeah, it was it a real sort of uh, news headlines type stuff, wasn't exactly, it? Mm. Exactly, but that's where the driver is the pain, something happened, which is yeah. unfortunately in security very often the case. But in parallel, there comes also the, the compliance risks that came with data privacy regulations. We see it from Facebook, we see it from everyone talks about it, right? And um, wants to get it right long term. It helps you, your data, our data, yeah, my, da yeah. my data, my personal yeah. data, it's now mine, and others borrow it. So it's its a mind change in organizations where they, they thought before, it's our data that we own, that we need to protect, and if we lose it, we lost it, right? Mm -hmm. And now that mind change is starting with that data privacy regulations, where they say, I borrow your car, so I want to make sure I... I manage that car correctly, you know right? That's a really good analogy because I think one of the biggest problems I found with GDPR is, is a fundamental misunderstanding 
and I've been struggling to find a really good analogy. But that's a good one, about yeah. borrowing the car, because it's you're absolutely right. Because in the, the day, personal data is more valuable than a car because it, it's literally all the information about me that makes me and and it's incredibly difficult and and disruption you know disruptive to to have it go missing or get stolen. So well yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a great way of putting it's it. it. It's also a good analogy from yeah. Would you drive somebody else's car without having insurance? Would you hire a car without having insurance? No. Would you loan an organisation, lend an organisation your data without knowing that insurance was in place? Oh, and also having an idea of where they're going to drive it, it, you know, how far they're going to drive it, what speed they're going to drive it at, you know, are they going to take it racing, are they going to use it as a taxi, or are they literally going to use it for the scope in which, you know, it was designed for, it was or asked for? Or is it a good idea to just take the car of someone and don't ask him for permission? No, 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 ah. and literally you've just defined. <laughs> so I, mean, I must admit, one of the things I found with GDPR is a lot of people think um, wrongly that it's about security as well and not about privacy, and that's been one of my single biggest bugbears in the last maybe six months has been people going, well, you know, my data is secure, I use this, I use that, I use the other. It's not about security. It's about privacy and being able to prove, you know, how you are, making keeping that data secure but fundamentally to maintain and retain privacy of the data mm -hmm. first and foremost yeah. so what we what we are seeing now is um, a mind change in early companies that are thinking into with uh, data right yeah if we are breached right and if something happened which can happen to everyone whatever firewall whatever products in yeah. the security space they, yeah. they use yeah. it can just happen to everyone and there is a mind change where they say if we are breached and we explain to our customers how we protected the data, what processes we had in place to protect the data. We did our best, right? Mm -hmm. Are we accountable? Would they return to us yeah. and trust? So what we see now, they think about customer trust, right? Mm -hmm. I, I ca everyone can be breached and that's accepted by media, by security, yeah. petitioners and so on. But if I'm breached and I take the right actions, I'm prepared and then do I lose the trust of the breach or not? And there are clever ways out there and a lot of opportunities where organizations can make sure even if that they are breached, they don't lose the trust. Is that right? I think, yeah. this, I think this is the thing. I mean, you know, so two points I'll make. One, I love the analogy of the car. If only somebody had sent me an email saying, yeah, drawing that as a reason yeah. why they're getting in touch rather than, don't let this be goodbye. I, uh, you know, I'm fed up of those emails. Don't let this good be, be goodbye. Can't we stay friends? Yeah. No, tell me why I should trust you with my data, please. Yeah. And why you want it. Yeah. 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 So that, that, that's kind of the first point. And, and the second point, yeah, not, not to label GDPR, but there are 99 articles. You know, there's, there's a big element of GDPR which revolves around privacy, but it revolves around that that trust element and having the process never mind the technology but the process in place and if i, I, I if myself as a consumer i'm going to trust an organization with my data yeah like you say you know we no no property no no car no device is is 100% bulletproof and secure people are always going to get in or no, no, or car, already no car is 100% yeah. uh, safe. So no. if, if an organization is going to turn around to me and say, your data is 100% safe with me, uh, you know what? Trust starts but to be eroded there. But if you can tell me and show me that, right, 
if, when something does happen, these are the processes that we've got in place to recognise yep. that has been done. That we can prove that actually, if somebody's going to get an element of your data, it's only going to be an element, yeah. and we've got the steps in place to yeah to report to make sure that we notify you. That for me. That's where trust starts starts to grow, rather than being eroded. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's basically something that organizations can't buy immediately. Yeah. That's a journey that they need to go through. That's a maturity, what we often say um, in cybersecurity, data pri privacy. So it's, um, it's the full company. Every single employee needs to be behind it. They are yep. the first line of defense, that's often called. It's not the spam filter. Who is the, the, the first line of defense? It's the, the end user or the, the employee who is skilled, who is aware of it, who is sensitive about it, right? Mm -hmm. The data privacy officer can't be everywhere. The security team can't be everywhere. Yeah. So um, the our um, um, resellers who advise our customers, yeah. right? Um, Cybersecurity firm, they can't be everywhere. No. So it's a maturity journey. Mm -hmm. And um, what we see now is huge investments, not just in prevention technologies, like blocking USB ports and so on, yeah. what we have seen in the past. It's really to prepare what is our process, what is our technology, what are our people trained for if there is a breach. Yep. Or a, let's say a cybersecurity incident. Mm -hmm. Someone mm. claims, I got your database of your customers with contract numbers, birth dates, and so on. So what's your place to react on it? What's your activities? Yep. Whoever claims that. And um, that is really where um, we at Splunk come in, right? Um, helping organizations to collect all the machine data, all the log data from yeah. all those systems where the data is stored, processed, where your users interact with, where your CRM guys, your help desk systems, your, your, your customer care agent support communicates with everything is digital and produces machine data now. And that's, there is the truth hidden. So if you have a question, who was accessed by that user who got breached, that's those credentials. Mm -hmm. And then if you can prove that no data was accessed from that user, it becomes a non-event, yeah. which many customers look for, so they don't have to report it, yep. and so on. Or if, if um, actually records have been accessed, how many? The full database? Only 100? Only 10? Mm -hmm. You need to identify who was impacted. You need to inform those individuals. You need to know what the risk for them, right? And all those... And the interesting thing is now with um, notification regulations and all of that, and we will see how that works out in, not just in theory, but in mm. reality yeah, yeah, going absolutely. forward. But interestingly enough, in the NIST directive for national infrastructure, it's exactly the same in three days, 72 hours, notify if more than so many users are affected by the outage of a service, not by a breach, by the outage, because it's focused on the outage. And interestingly enough, in... in um, in Australia, um, on the 25th of May this year, a, a new data privacy regulation came in place. And imagine what's in there. It's similar one-to-one -one like the European um, data protection regulation. Yeah. So we see that one now around the world. So yeah. it's, a, it's an emerging trend. Digitalization becomes important and it needs to be regulated. Right? So I think with, with this increasing digitalization of of businesses, industries, yeah, public and private sector. Yeah, GDPR's ha had a lot of coverage, but I think it's just the tip of the iceberg because there's a lot 
of regulations, yeah. industry-specific, whether it be finance, whether it be government-specific, wha whatever, that are being updated. And they're being updated because, quite frankly, the previous regulations have been around in a pre-digital world. So it's... You'll find it, even in industries where... Yeah, oh, well, I don't deal with personal data. Well, no, but you're either providing a service or you're plugging into machine data. And when you start looking at yeah, machine data outside of the data center, yeah, another subject that's close to my heart, IoT. Yeah, we're increasingly connecting more and more devices in the physical world. So what you're doing is, yeah, I think where it plays to Splunk's advantage is if, if you have that core foundation and that architecture of, of being able to co collect and analyze and give, give the right, not data, but information and insight to the right people within an organization to make an informed decision, you know what, it doesn't matter if it's personal information, personal data, or if it's data coming from a device or a machine. Actually, it could be a camera in the street, it could be a car, it could be a delivery truck, it could be a tracking sensor on a pallet, it could be a ship at sea or an airplane engine. Data's data. So often we say um, those regulations are already too late because so many, so much data is already yeah. yeah, digitalized. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, for the IoT space, exactly, right? So we are just at the beginning, what what will be in the next 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. And um, there it's absolutely right timing now for those, because everyone thinks now, I can I can tell you we are talking with car manufacturers and so on, who owns the data from the car? Is it the car manufacturer? Yeah, yeah. Is it the, the individual who owns the car and so on? So those discussion are are going on forth and back and yep. so on. So yeah. at least everyone thinks about it and is aware of, and that helps already to, to, to make it for the individual better, mm -hmm. right? But even there are business interests from organizations to improve their products, to have that insights. So there is a huge value in, in, in that machine data or in that generated data. Yeah. So that needs to find the, the right balance so um, mm -hmm. that um, those organizations are, are on the safe side and, and we move forward, right? Because yeah. um, we, can't I we, c we can't become a digital environment if we can't see what, what the an end user is doing or what features are used in a product to improve the product. You want to improve your service, so you need to have the insights, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that um, there needs to be uh, the right balance be found. Be found. So do you have any good use cases where machine data has actually been used to, to help protect data privacy of, of people? So, so we have many of those because that's our core basis basically, right? So mm -hmm. it goes up in, in system protection, which is more about malware and uh, APTs. But then if you go up in machine data, which is generated by business applications for security, yeah. that's all data, data security. And um, we have one one customer of us, UCAS, who are um, um, transmitting back and forth the data of students who want to apply for university places, and yep. they are they have eight hundred thousand um, personal records of students every year, with uh, some some details that they pass forward to the universities on their behalf, right? And um, you can imagine there is a lot of data, and in yeah. in, in August is their peak period where they're the universities get the data, they assign the places, they offer yep. them, it's going back. 
So um, that's very emotional also for families. And yeah. there are 800,000 students out, young people who have all our laptop and they, they want to get the results as early as possible. So they're very <laughs> creative as well. So there is high security there. They don't want that everything is happening. And um, they're using Splunk to protect their or to, to collect the data from the full stack, from their web applications, their mm -hmm. databases, and wow. so on, um, down to even th in, the in the cloud. So they, s they are perfect examples. The full year is not so much workload, but in the cloud, they're a great cloud example where they yeah. just spin up for four weeks. I was going to say, massive yeah, real bursty workload. Exactly, mm. yeah. And they were even treated as critical national infrastructure in that period of time. Wow. So, um, and um, once they had a security incident where someone claimed something happened, and then if you need to prove otherwise, right? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's not that it's in the news you were breached, it's someone claimed he breached it. So how do you prove that it's not the case? <laughs> or, or So that's, uh, that puts you in, 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 in a completely different spot, but you have to yeah. react on it. Yeah. So, and uh, they used Splunk and machine data from all their, um, all their uh, um, data sources that they collected, connected the points, saw that user account that claimed it, that accessed exactly those records. And then they have shown that the it wasn't an incident, that others were wrong. And they could even prove why, right? And um, those have been, there was PR already involved. There was um, the data privacy officer involved, legally involved, IT involved, yeah. security team involved. So, so you can imagine that security team delivering those answers to those questions mm. and those insights. They've been the superheroes of the month, right? Yeah, just a bit. Who rescued that. So... Uh, there is a slight sort of um, double-edged sword to this, though. Surely, you know, I, I'm dealing with my GDPR, GDPRing, if that's even a word, um, <laughs> my now. infrastructure. Um, but surely, there's, I'm, I'm, am I compounding my issue by by having Splunk? Because obviously, Splunk is going to pull in some privacy or private data from fundamentally collecting private data from all these different machine devices. How does Splunk actually manage that that privacy private data? Yeah, so, so what's absolutely right, and uh, we worked the last one, two years on that, is um, that in that machine data that helps so much for identifying fraudulent activity, identifying data breaches, identifying if your security controls are efficient and working. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other side, that machine data often contains also personal information. So this means you need to protect that data also properly. And this means when you protect the data within Splunk, we offer a complete audit trail who is accessing, th accessing yeah. that personal data. We, we provide um, fine granular two-factor authentication we can integrate so that really people only who are authorized to access that data can search for it. We yep. can even anonymize dashboards. We can, we can anonymize even raw data. So, And we have asked uh, um, a thought leader about it, how to operate your security information event management solution or how to operate Splunk under the GDPR because we wanted to have something that if you would go to your data privacy officer and say, I, I use Splunk, I collect that data, um, what should I do? How should I, tr how what are the process? How should I document it? How should and so on. And um, we thought, let's ask a law firm to, to ad for advice, but they are not so technical then, right? Mm -hmm. Then we thought, if we as a vendor write it, it's mm. also not ideal because we, we are not illegal if a US software vendor uh, recommends stuff, it does the data privacy officer. 
um, um, believe that or trust that, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we found Freddy Desir, who is working for or worked for the European Computer Emergency and Response Team, and oh that oh. team is responsible for protecting all European institutions, including the European Commission, who are the authors of the GDPR. Mm -hmm. Wow! And um, they are using Splunk as well. And we asked him to to co-author with us a white paper on advice how to operate your sim and or how to operate Splunk under the GDPR so you get it right, you need to document it, how is that ri right to be forgotten used, right? Yeah. So yeah. on one side, do you need to delete the log event? Yes, no. So um, that's all All the questions that came up, right? Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, Matthias, thank you ever so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, we shall uh, see you again next year, if not sooner. No, Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Thanks. No, you're more than welcome. Thank you, Matthias. Cheers. Cheers. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this InfoSec Security Special. We're going to be back next week with more coverage from this fantastic event. Stay tuned and speak to you then.